0: Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, and welcome to HR Work Break. Today, I'm joined by Brianna Rooney, CEO of Talent Perch. Talent Perch provides companies access to on-demand recruiting solutions for unprecedented challenges faced in today's talent market. Brianna, thank you so much for joining the show.
1: Yeah, thank you. Happy Friday.
0: Yeah, happy Friday. So speaking of Fridays, kind of the base topic of this conversation is one of the latest pop culture sensations, the Barbie movie. So it's taken the world by storm, and you'd have to be living under a rock to kind of not know it. It became the highest grossing movie of 2023 and earned five hundred and seventy five million dollars domestically and over one billion globally. And it's breaking countless other records. So to kind of start off this conversation, I'm curious to know what recruiters can learn from the Barbie movie.
1: Oh my God, I loved it. First of all, Barbie now needs to be a recruiter. I'm like, wait, where's the profession? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what I thought about it was it was like inclusivity at its core and think that as recruiters go, we tend to be like this gray area where companies can talk to us in a certain way and they can like target and kind of, you know, say things to us that in my opinion, are not ethical or actually legal. So what I do love about the Barbie movie though, is that it just looked at it as look like we are powerful. We are powerful as a unit. We are powerful with our differences and you know, we don't have to go back to our profit and loss sheet to show that. You know, it's like, I think we didn't care enough about diversity and inclusion until we saw it on a PNL, and so like that movie just like embraced it all. I just loved it. And actually I brought my kids six and nine to it. And I know that like, it was the PG, it was like at that moment, but um, the feedback from the movie was like, well, you know, if you don't have these conversations at home, like this is going to be like a big conversation afterwards, but I have all of those conversations at home and my kids loved it
0: yeah my mom and my dad I got them to see the movie my mom's a uh, eighth grade history teacher and I was like you are going to eat up this movie like this is gonna tick like all your boxes and she's like are you sure it's Barbie but like you said it appeals to like all age groups and the core of the movie I feel like we've kind of touched on is just that like everyone's different talents and backgrounds kind of bring you to be the best that you can when you work together properly
1: yeah absolutely and I think that that and being a recruiter it's like you're you need to like uncover those hidden gems that maybe on a job description, it doesn't say this, 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 this but um, I think the trends today are very much in the soft skills era. And so that's really exciting to see. And as a recruiter, like we can dig more and we can have deeper conversations.
0: Yeah. And I feel like getting into those soft skills, it's really kind of showcased the more like human side of human resources, because soft skills is not something that you can like, you know, take an online course for and suddenly get better at. It's something that you have to actively practice and put work into, but it really shines when you're working with people.
1: Absolutely. And I love that you brought up the human resources in HR, because I think that we forget that.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes it falls by the wayside, like you had mentioned, when you're looking at like reports and bottom lines and the numbers and the statistics of especially the recruiting space when you're just trying to like, you need to remember that you're not just putting a body in a seat, you're finding someone who matches the company culture and would be cohesive with your team. 100%. Yeah. So you had mentioned earlier that we have like Doctor Barbie, we've got Scientist Barbie, we've got Astronaut Barbie, you name it. But we haven't seen like a Recruiter Barbie. In today's world, what should a Recruiter Barbie prioritize, and what does a Recruiter Barbie look for in job seekers beyond soft skills, like we mentioned?
1: I was uh, totally going off on what Barbie's gonna look like. I'm like, well, she needs her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> what accessories does she come with?
0: <laughs> oh my God. Okay,
1: yeah. So. <laughs> so, sorry, totally got off on a separate topic here. Well, Barbie definitely needs to prioritize what works in their lives. And so um, definitely in the last few years, you know, we've prioritized mental health, we prioritized learning and development. And then I also think we've seen a lot of like anti perks, you know, like I've lived in tech for a really long time. And so we've had a lot of, you know, professional chefs and unlimited vacations and like all these like really cool things. But I think we realize that humans want something actually far more simple. They want time and that's something that they can't get back, right? And so I think that as Barbie is having these conversations, it's more of like, what works for you? So you talked about like, how can people, you know, fit in with the company, but also on the other side is having those conversations of, look, the company is still a business at the end of the day. So what uniqueness do you have that's going to move the needle for us? I'm almost kind of going backtracking here because it's still a business at the end of the day. I think having those conversations and saying, hey, what about your personality? What about your soft skills, your hard skills? Why is this going to really shake the company up? And like, what are you going to do for the company? And in return, here's what the company will do for you, for your work-life balance, for what you're needing, for your schedule, for you know stuff like that. And so again, I think it goes to our deeper conversations. And then making sure that it aligns with what they want, not just today, but you know, like, Hey, at least another, at least a year, because I think what we're also seeing is people picking up and leaving companies really quickly. And that costs a company tons and tons and tons of money. And I also think that interviewing is filled with anxiety and uncertainties and stuff. So on the, on the person side, I don't think that's easy either. So if we can find like a little more of a match, then I think that that makes more sense.
0: Yeah, like just taking that extra time to understand or know the person that you're either recruiting or hiring. And like you said, retention is on the forefront of almost every employer's mind just because it is the most cost-effective way to keep talent on your team.
1: Yeah, I don't think people even realize how much it costs every time someone leaves.
0: I can't remember the exact statistic, but it's something like it'll cost at the very least the salary of the person you're like filling kind of a thing.
1: Yeah, I actually heard that it was like three times their salary.
0: That sounds way more accurate. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because you have to replace them and then you have there's so much that goes into it. Um, Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, no, it goes totally crazy. So you had mentioned like hiring is a transactional process at the end of the day. So not only does the company want someone who is going to fit and elevate their goals, but the person is also looking for a company that can suit their lifestyle and suit their career goals. So In that kind of recruiting situation, how is the best way to kind of communicate that that's a good match or that you're looking for the same things? Yeah,
1: as a recruiter or as a job seeker? Um,
0: Whichever angle you want to take.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, that's kind of fun. Actually, I'm going to go job seeker um, because I think that we don't talk about that enough on what we need from them. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, what we need from them is just transparency. And I see tons of LinkedIn and scrolling and stuff. And I feel like recruiters definitely tend to be the enemy in this situation. And really, we're the ones that are trying to like put two people together as matchmakers. I think if you think of them like that, we do have the best interest. We do have to fill a role. And so if you actually very honestly tell us what you want, what you need, and more importantly, actually, what you lack in I think that's really important because we can actually help you know, we can give you cheat sheets. We can tell you, hey, this is the hiring manager's personality. Hey, this is why someone got passed on just last week. you know, we can say that, we can prep you, but if we don't know you just with interviewing, like just think very like on a professional manner.
0: yeah, it could be as basic as like I work best in a small team or I don't like to be micromanaged kind of a thing.
1: Absolutely. yeah, if you just like really give us the real real as opposed to, I just need to get this job offer. Like, it's going to work out way better for both sides and no one's wasting time. You know, I definitely see like the spray and pray method still of applying for jobs because of, I think it's fear, you know, fear of missing out, fear of not getting picked, fear of I can't pay my bills.
0: You're talking to someone who applied to way too many colleges and then applied to way too many jobs when I first got out of school, but <laughs> just kind of like don't put your eggs in one basket, but to an extreme.
1: Right. Yeah. We're told to do that. Like, that's, what's crazy. It's like 10 places is plenty. Maybe even five is plenty. You know, it all depends on what you do. I think like how niche, how niche of it is what you do and, and, and the companies that you're applying for. So it's like, if you're applying for a Google, yeah, probably going to take a lot longer. So you should, you know, definitely do a little more of a spray and pray method there because they have all sorts of teams, but yeah. So we just really need to focus on, I think even salary. You know, like we fear negotiation, um, especially when it comes to women. Uh, We actually saw that in the Barbie movie, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like with salary, it's like everyone's scared of leaving money on the table because that's what we were taught. But recruiting has grown up. We've learned more. We've learned that it's scary from both sides. And the company also doesn't want to get taken advantage of as well. So it's like we kind of hold those in between cards that if you would just talk to us, like we could very much. you oh here's the actual range but here's the range and here's why you would go up higher on the range like we can have those really in-depth conversations if you let us and if you want to
0: yeah and it's scary even when you're in a job like in my current role after a year i tried to negotiate for a salary and it was terrifying because i was faced with a lot of learning that i had not gotten before my boss is like hey really proud of you for reaching out for this this is what you need to do to get there And it was like a really good conversation and really kind of like set my head on straight about what next steps are to get a promotion or to get that next pay bump kind of a thing. It's a scary topic, but you can't shy away from it if you're trying to have those genuine conversations.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it doesn't feel hard, you're not changing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Be sure to tune in next week for part two of my conversation with Brianna. We'll continue to discuss trends in recruiting, as well as what recruiters can learn from the Barbie movie. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday, or whenever you need a work break.